gone for quite a while. And I couldn't help but notice all the messages, all the longings, all the pleas from my little fireflies out there. When is he coming back? We want him back so bad. I hope it's him. I hope it's him. I've been listening. I've been paying attention. And the t- the hour is upon us, my little fireflies. I have returned. But a warning for those whose motives are not pure. You may not like what you see now that I'm back. Because I feel like there are some wrongs that need to be righted. And I feel like I need to start real soon righting those wrongs because I don't know how much time I have left. Because we are only in this mortal coil for but a while, my fireflies, and we can't waste any more time. Thank you for indulging me on that, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another barnstorming episode of Wrestling with Egos, the lean, mean, wrestle-talking machine. I am the intellectual savior of the wrestling masses who does a serviceable Bray Wyatt impersonation, but let's be honest, it needs a lot of work. Let me in. (laughs) And thank you to the Big Mang for providing the props. I should have turned on my cell phone flashlight, and that would have been perfectly fine. I was driving home tonight thinking, geez, I wish I had a lantern, but I don't have a lantern. And I was not about to go to Home Depot to buy a lantern just for that purpose. <laughs> You're not about to walk and get a lantern. Isaac is full of surprises, ladies and gentlemen. He is walking away from the camera. He's got a lantern. That's a. Were you glamping this weekend, Isaac? Because that's a pretty swanky lantern. <laughs> Nice, 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 nice. How are you, good sir? It's been a couple of weeks since you've been on, but we're glad to have you back. What's good? What's the good word? Obviously, I've been, you know, working with my lantern very well lately. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Had some things to take care of, but we're good. We're ready to go. Let's do this. We got a lot to talk about, a lot of people to talk about, and um, I'm looking forward to it. I got a lot of things I need to get off my chest, and let's get into it. Okay, let's get into it without further ado. Before we launch into everything that happened in the week that was, we want to thank all of our listeners and viewers, however you are consuming the Wrestling With Egos program, whether it's on YouTube or on our many uh, podcast platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, and I know I'm going to forget one. I need to make a list and just keep it next to the computer here, so I, 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 I'm sure I forgot a big one, but... Um, we thank you however you're consuming with us. Make sure you click the bell for notifications. Make sure you like and subscribe so you, whenever we drop a new episode like this one where we talk about Bray Wyatt, you get the notifications. Isaac, you were saying? YouTube. Yes, on YouTube. That's a big one. Um, the worst kept secret in wrestling is out. Um, Extreme Rules, paper, uh, I'm sorry, premium live event. 
happened last weekend on uh, Peacock Network. Um, going to be perfectly honest with you. For me personally, after the opening between the Brawling Brutes and Imperium and the strat match with Drew and Carrie and Cross, the rest of the show itself before the reveal that we're going to spend most of the time talking about fell flat for me. I thought it was an eh show. Edge and Finn Balor was way overwrought. They just spent way too much time getting to the payoff on that, I thought. You know, you can disagree with me if you want to. I'm going to sit here and say the first two matches were just tall. And if you wanted to see just brutality, and we did, mm. we got it. And that's exactly what I wanted to see. I wanted to see those guys just beat the living tar out of each other, and they did, and that's what I wanted. Um, well, you got I, six of the toughest hosses in WWE right there. Oh, God, yeah, without question. We, we know what Sheamus and, you know, um, Gunter are capable of. But those other four guys are no slouches. I'm I'm still calling him Walter. I'm sorry. I know. I I I want truth in advertising too. I I I one of these days they're going to say he's just going to come out as Walter again and everything will be right with the world. I I, I think it's going to come sooner rather than later. And the reason I say that is because our because your boy L A Knight is back and he's let me talk to you after that whole male model whatever thing yeah. was. That's we're not going to even go into that right now. <coughs> I'm but what I'm saying is those guys tore it down. I think um, Karen Cross and um, Karen Cross, they, they put on a good show. Everything else was eh, even though I think that Liv Tyler or Liv. Liv Morgan. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Aerosmith right now, people. Forgive me. You'll get over it. Isaac's got the amazing video playing in the background, and he's having some fantasies. <laughs> As you see, I got the light going on already. Yeah. Um, but Liv needed that match because she needed to show how tough she was against someone like Ronda. But here's the thing. She showed that, but my goodness, all the histrionics to get there. I mean, I don't know if Ronda is just going out and working these matches stiff on purpose and no-selling stuff, and, and but it, it shouldn't take you... Four chances to put a hold on somebody and make it look convincing. It shouldn't. I don't know. I I I I I don't get get Rhonda anymore. When she first came out, was it you know twenty? <coughs> excuse me, twenty eighteen or whatever it was when it was first when her, she first was feuding with Charlotte and Becky and all that. That was it was fresh back then, but now. Because the fans turned on her the way they did and because she couldn't handle it, and then she went away and came back, and now she's very clearly a heel, but not a good heel. You know, she's just heel 101, basically, as Patrick would say. Um, It's not entertaining the way Roman is a heel is or the way that Imperium is heels are or the way... um, Trying to think of some other heels on, 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 you know, or the way, um, you're thinking of someone like Seamus, yeah, the way that he comes across, or now with Finn Balor and 
way that he's coming across right now. You're not thinking of in that way. It's very paint by numbers with Rhonda. It, it's it's clear that she's not putting in the investment that everybody else is giving her. To where it's coming off as I'm going to apply a hold to you and I'm going to I'm going to bad mouth you while I'm doing it. Yeah, that's the same thing Stone Cold used to do, but it was more believable coming from Stone Cold. It's not believable coming from Ronda, I guess. You would think it would be more believable coming from Ronda because of her MMA history and what she's accomplished. And, you know, just because of her history. But the WWE fans are not really buying what she's selling right now. And she's not selling it the way that someone, I hate to use your girl as an example, but Bailey is selling it. You know, she's playing to the crowd. She's playing to everybody. She's doing a good job as as the heel and saying, we're running things. I'm taking over type of deal. And I don't think she's there yet. You know, right. she's still got a ways to go. She's still got a lot of things to master. And that just takes time. And that just takes a lot of, um, you know, that may take some, some mic work. And I don't know if she's ready for that because we want to see Rhonda because Rhonda's Rhonda. And yeah. you got to have that base out there. She needs a little bit more time behind the scenes to get, get to that place. And I don't know if you agree with me or not on this, but I thought the main event could have been outstanding with Seth and Riddle if the crowd wasn't crapping all over it. Chanting, we want Bray, we want Bray, we want Wyatt, clap, 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 and clap. They were, they, that was a bad move by the Philly crowd. You can say it was a bad move, but what would you expect from the Philly crowd? I understand that, but That's I, I'm going to get I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox here. As a wrestling fan, you need to there, there's some responsibilities that you have as a wrestling fan. All in good time is my motto. It always has been my motto. Yeah, do I get impatient waiting for people to come back or waiting for a debut or waiting for somebody to take over and get you know get the rub or get the push? Yes, but when it does happen, you'll mark out for it. Respect the match that you got going on in front of you. It's the same thing I used to say about when we would watch these WCW matches. And you got, you know, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero in the match right in front of you. And all Tony Schiavone can talk about is what the NWO is doing and what Hogan's doing and what. But my goodness, guys, that's not the only story you have. It, it's a similar through line here where you got a match in a fight pit. That's not something that we see all that often. There's only been two fight pit matches before, and they were both NXT matches. You know, and you got the added spectacle of Daniel Cormier refereeing it, who I thought did a good job. Yeah, excellent job. Excellent. Yeah. And now there's there's talk about him, you know, becoming more of a participant. Riddle wants to, you know, Riddle thinks he could be a great star in WWE and all that, and that's fine. Um but and especially with what the work that Seth Rollins has been doing. Because Seth Rollins has been low-key the MVP of that company for two years now. The things that Seth Rollins is doing have no business working. Last month he came out looking like Elton John, for crying out loud. With the flame, your shoulder pads, and the glasses that went over the top. It was like he borrowed something from Becky and said, Hey, Bex, can you give me an outfit for tonight? And Becky said, Yeah, boy, I got you. Let me look in the closet really quick. There is no reason that a cackling, maniacal, uh, traveling salesman character 
should work. You know, or a Southern Baptist preacher, televangelist type character, which, you know, it's like a cross between those two things should work the way it does. But yet he comes out in his house shoes, his, spe his sparkly, you know, lounge jackets, his velour pants and, you know, whatever other accessory he wants to do. And it works. So I don't understand why the crowd has to crap all over that, I guess, is my thing. I I want to point a, I want to point this out real quick, and then we can move forward. I think when I think of a Philly crowd, when I think of a, when I think of a Philly crowd, and when I think of a Chicago crowd, I think of them in the same way that I think of the day after a WrestleMania crowd, and that's the type of crowd that they have. They want what they want. They want it now. They don't want it later. They want flaming. They want flaming tables. They want you know Rob Van Dam going in the middle of the ring, going RVD the yeah. whole and show the entire night. They've done that from the beginning when Rob wasn't even in the main event, when he wasn't even there and scheduled. But that's what you expect. That's what you do when you have a Philly crowd. So am I surprised that they did that? No, of course not. I'm not surprised. You know. It happens. I know that not supposed to be that way, but nothing's supposed to happen right, especially when it's a Philly crowd and the and the night after a WrestleMania, because you don't know what's supposed to happen, yeah. and the crowd wants what they want. So, when the reveal finally happened, what I was impressed with was the fact that it went on for as long as it did. Because you could break this reveal up into several different distinct parts. You know, you had the the physical represent, you know, the human representations of all of the characters from the Funhouse throughout the arena. That would have been enough to let you know, okay, Bray's back. You go from there to the interior of the Funhouse, and it's all, you know, dilapidated and run down and the, the puppets are all like you know laying flat on the t top of the tv and in the windows and on the table and everything like that okay that would have been enough but then you go into the television and you get the dude with the mask i think if i remember correctly yeah. you know mm -hmm. and that would have been enough and then you go back to the arena and you get the 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 spooky door you know all you would have had to do was open the door and, and and Bray could have held the lantern out. And then they could have ended the show there, but they kept adding on to it. And that's why the crowd kept like marking out and marking out and marking out the way they were. And my favorite part of the whole thing was after Bray takes the mask off, which that mask might be scarier than the Fiend mask. With the way the light tre lighting treatment was, I mean, I kind of got used to the fiend after a while. That th this mask from the other night was like, whoa, what are you doing here? He kind of looked up, you know, up into the to the left before he leaned into the camera and said, "Run!" and blew the lantern out, and he had kind of a smirk on his face, as if he was kind of drinking it all in, like, "Yeah, this worked," kind of thing. That was my favorite part because that was a moment for him. Because let's not forget everything he's been through. 
since he left. He's been through some things. <laughs> yeah, he has. I think that he, um, this was his moment, and I think that they kept building it up because it was Billy Graham. And, and they're going to sit there and say, I want more, I want more. And when he finally came out, they're like, okay, yes, this is what we wanted. Thank you. And, you know, then you can take your bow to whoever decided to build that up the way they did. Triple H, Stephanie, combination, whoever is behind the scenes. You did a great job. One of the best returns of all time. And I'm including that along with another return, like in comparison to any time you think of The Undertaker. Excuse me mm-hmm. about that. But I think of it in that terms. That big, that bold, that that brass, that type of atmosphere that you felt feel like that when you saw that. Congrats to that on that on that part. And they they did it right. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna take it one step further. I hope you're okay with me taking it there. But I'm looking forward to what are they going to do next? What what direction are they going to go? You know, is he going to... Well, let me ask you the question then. What direct? What What do you want to see? What do you hope you don't see? And you can answer whichever one of those you want first because that's kind of... I was going to give my thoughts on that too. And maybe we have the same mindset. Maybe we disagree. Let's see what happens. For who he is, for the character that he has right now, there's only one place that he can go. And that's straight into the heavyweight contender um, type, of, type of atmosphere against Roman. You're not going to put him up against Walter right now. You're not going to put him against Seth freaking Rollins, you know, because that's not where they're going to, that's not the best place for him to go. The best place for him to go is straight into a feud with, Rob, with Roman. That's what he needs to do. That's him because as far as I'm concerned, I look back and yes, I must say that Romans had a great run. He has. We're all we all sit here and throw up our ones, but he's the one that's holding up everybody else. You have all these people online that that aren't getting a chance. The belts are all with his entire family, and they're not doing what they need to do. You're not developing anybody else unless you're sitting here talking about, you know. Unless you're seeing her talking about um, a couple people, Seth freaking Rollins is one. You know, you have Karrion Cross who they're developing now, but you know everyone else that could be in contention. When you talk about somebody like an Edge, you talk about Finn Balor, you talk about you know Riddle, he won't face him. Um, you talk about you know Braun Strowman, Brock Brock Lesnar. Um, Bobby Lashley, all these guys that you sort of should have had ready to go up against Roman, they're not. They have them in a feud against each other or in a tag feud with somebody, and they're not doing. They're not doing the right thing. Oh, I'm sorry, AJ Styles as well. And with the return of the Good Brothers, you're not putting. You're not putting them in with people that can actually have a decent, good feud with him. And I'm confused as to where they're going with it, but you know, you gotta do something. You know, I I think that you know we're watching them do. You know, I think that Triple H has reached out to FTR and a couple other people that are in AEW, 
and said, hey, come on back. If I was FTR, I'd be like, I got one more belt than they have. I'm known across the world. Unless you're going to pay me six or seven million more than what you were paying me before so I can go back into the fray and just be a lackey for, you know, them. what's the point of me coming back? You know? But that's my personal opinion. That's the way I feel about it. I don't think it's in their best interest. They're not about money. They're about prestige and being the best tag team in the world. And when you don't have a tag team division, what's the point of going back? I disagree with putting him right in the mix with Roman now. And here's the reason for that. We're at the point now in the calendar. We're getting towards the end of October. And things are starting to happen if you read the tea leaves where I think we can see the direction that the office wants to go with Roman. Because two things are happening on that front right now. You got Cody Rhodes rehabbing his peck. I feel like the plan is for him to win the Rumble. And then he's the one that ultimately dethrones Roman somehow, somewhere. And then the other part of it is this guy was doing press for Black Adam during the week. Which, side note, I saw a preview for that today. Uh, shut up and take my money. Uh, it looks pretty good. Looks pretty badass. And, there's um, and you're going to have to educate me on this Black Adam character, because I know nothing about him. He's one of these, you know, he's one of these, is it Marvel or DC that he comes from? This is, this is DC. Okay. This is, this is. Not now. Like, not tonight, you know, but, but this dude is like, oh my goodness. But he gave an interview with somebody. And it came around to Roman Reigns, and why else would Rock say, I'm the head of the table? Or you're looking at the head of the table? If we're not gearing up for Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania, and I'm not talking about for the championship, because Rock doesn't need the championship. You know, Rock can do the favor for him, and then maybe coming out, maybe at WrestleMania Backlash, or maybe they spread out to SummerSlam. But I don't think you feed Bray to to Roman like that because it, it's just not in the plans. Now, what I think is going to happen tonight on SmackDown, and this is all speculation because I haven't watched it. You know, we're recording now while SmackDown is ending. Bray's going to lay out his plan or the beginnings of his plan. You know, whether that's, let me introduce you to the Wyatt Six, which is all kinds of speculation about who they are, or let me show you why I'm back, that kind of thing. Bray is another one of these people, like Edge, like Randy Orton when he comes back, like even Seth Rollins at this point, who doesn't need a championship to legitimize them anymore. I totally agree, completely. Because the mistakes that were made last time was when Bray had a championship. You know, he won the belt before he faced Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Randy Orton beat him. It was like a two-month run. He went into Elimination Chamber, dropped the to Orton at WrestleMania. And then 
when he won the belt again and then had that debacle with Seth Rollins in the Hell in a Cell match. Bray as a character can write a, an angle for himself that is so far removed from a championship and we'll buy into it. We'll go along with it. Because my guess is he comes as more of himself now. This is me now. Because there's so many layers to this onion that you haven't even seen yet. I'm not the fiend anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a, a demented Mr. Rogers anymore. I'm not, you know, sitting in a rocking chair anymore. Now I'm cultivating the cult of Wyatt. And I'm grooming my followers. And you're going to see some people show up, some unexpected people. And I actually think a good place for him to start might be somebody like a Karrion Cross. You know, somebody who, when he's done feeding with Drew, because my guess is he's done feeding with Drew at this point. That would be a good place to start because he could bring Karrion up with him. And I'm not saying Karrion's going to join the Wyatt Six, but what I am saying is Karrion can become a better worker in the ring, working with Bray. Karrion can learn a little bit more about, you know, promo. He cuts a decent promo now, but he could be even better. And I'm not going to, it's not like I have the roster pulled up to see, okay, who could he work with? Who could he work with? Who could he work with? Um, you think Edge wouldn't love to work with Bray Wyatt? You think Edge wouldn't love to do a program with Bray, you know, for the rest of this year or into the beginning of next year? Um, those are my thoughts. I think you need to keep the title as far out of the uh, conversation with Bray as possible. Because that character and a title don't necessarily mix with each other, if, if you catch my drift. Because the agenda is not to win championships, I don't think. You're putting him in like the Undertaker type of atmosphere where the Undertaker didn't need a title. Yeah. To, you know, because of the aura. He's an attraction unto himself, basically. Pretty much. I understand that, and I, and I agree with you on that point. I still think there's got to be somebody that that takes that title off of Roman, but it won't be until a, it won't be until WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think one of two things happen. I think it all, and it all hinges on Cody. Because I feel like people forget that Cody, when, you know, before the pectoral injury was going to be the, the chosen one, the anointed one to, you know, and what a story that would be, you know. I was, you know, I was wearing face paint in this company. And now I'm the champion, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm here for that. That redemption story, you know, I went off and built a company on my own or a company of my own. And I came back and now I'm the champion. You know. I agree with you, but I just don't. Here's the thing. I just don't think that. And, and maybe it's because we're still too not that far removed from Vince leaving Vince and all his people. I just don't know that I trust Bray and whoever he's working with to him to win a championship and make it feel right. The way the other two reigns didn't feel right, you know? That's my fear. I think they had two years to get it right because they missed. He hasn't been around for two years. They got enough time. And I think the problem of it is that Vince only has 
excuse me, only had the idea of someone the size of Austin Theory and that body type winning the titles. And I think once Vince has been removed, since he has been removed, there, I mean, the people that Triple H has been putting in, has been putting his back behind, his stamp on, the people in NXT, and the ones that he's seen develop and grow, he's going to say, I think we can go with this person. And it doesn't have to look like every other person that's won that title. It doesn't have to be a Roman's body. It doesn't have to be, you know, Hogan's body type of person. It can be someone that looks, you know, physically fit, but at the same time, something a little different. The other part about Roman that I think we're forgetting is Roman basically has an army around him right now. He's got the Usos. He's got Solo Psychoa. He's got Paul Heyman. And like we can't forget about the honorary Us, Sami Zayn, and the brilliant things that he's doing. Usually when you have that volume of reinforcements around you, they do some kind of an angle where we start, you know, cracks in the foundation and we start picking off people one by one until all that's left is Roman. I don't know that running Bray at Roman right now accomplishes that because you could put Kevin Owens in there trying to like talk to Sammy and stuff like that. And that's maybe where the, where the, the, the cracks in the foundation start happening, you know, and then maybe you get the Usos feuding with each other, you know, Jimmy and Jay, and that could be an arc that goes all the way through the winter, through the Rumble, and then coming out into WrestleMania season. I would I would also put in there the fact that you could put um, Finn Balor and his crew. And I'm not saying that you do this every week. You know, you might have to just say, hey, we need you one week. Like, just to, just to, to throw some things off. And maybe something else comes out or someone else different comes out when um, when certain people come back to WWE, such as um, Aleister Black, when he shows back up. And I think that he might come back and do something, if that's possible. But that's, that's a lot of different things. And that's something different they may come at because... Vince is not there anymore. And I yeah. think the fact that Vince isn't there and he's not controlling everything. Now, to be fair, whatever Bray says over the next several shows, and it's going to be SmackDowns because this was another point of contention. Is, well, why didn't you show up on Raw? Why did you, you know, why didn't you have him? But he's going to be SmackDown exclusive, <laughs> which bothers me a little bit because then he's on the same show that Roman is most of the time. Um... But tonight, I think when you watch that episode, you're going to see, you know, based on what he has to say, and I'm sure, you know, everybody's going to spend weeks and weeks parsing every word that comes out of his mouth. What does he mean by that? And we're going to find out what his agenda is, you know. And my hunch is that he's, you know, kind of like I said leading off the show, I've been sitting and I've been watching. And my memory is strong you know, kind of thing. And it could be this deal where he's got, you know, he's got a list of people. 
I'm not talking about a you just made the list like Jericho. I'm talking about a list of people who he feels have, you know, owe him something. You know, and maybe Roman's the last name on the list, you know. That could be a triumphant angle after you've taken out all these other people that you feel have done you wrong. You know, and maybe you start with Braun, you know, and you go from there. But you do it more psychological than you do it, you know, with an Inferno match or with a whatever, you know. I agree with that. I mean, um, Because that would be more in line with the kind of mind that Bray Wyatt has, I think. You know, because I can't imagine the amount of time it takes. And maybe it comes easy to him. Maybe he just fills up notebooks with, you know. And, you know, has stock in big pens or something like that. And just, you know, comes up with all these notes about all this stuff. And that's great. But just the amount of detail and the amount of nuance and the amount of, you know, corridors you can get lost in if you're not careful trying to figure out, you know. He gave a promo in NXT in 2014 and he said this. And now, eight years later, it's coming true. And it's it's like, I can't. It, it, it's mind-blowing, I guess, is the thing. Um, in fact, ladies and gentlemen, that's your homework assignment this week. Let's go back to the very beginning. I want you to watch every promo that Bray Wyatt ever gave, and I want a 500-word essay next week about... I'm just kidding. Um, my guess is it's going to be something, you know, unbelievable that we've never seen before. Um, and kudos to WWE for how they kept stringing people along with the QR codes and the little rabbit bouncing on the screen and, you know, who is the white rabbit and stuff like that. And that word search they were handing out at the, the SmackDown before Extreme Rules, you know, that I actually solved. The one that RJ posted on the show chat where, you know, and I'm like, ooh, I see the word enter. <laughs> oh, there's the word abandon. <laughs> I know what this is supposed to say. <laughs> um, little little fun things like that. Um, it, it's a way of getting people to talk about the product and consume the product, you know, in ways that weren't happening before. They got a lot of Twitter engagement out of it. They got a lot of speculation out of it. And those are those kind of metrics, I think, that, you know, Guys like you and I, you know, guys like, you know, our age, we might not think about it. We might just think about viewership, but but they're tracking a lot more types of engagement than they ever did before to see, is this working? It's not just how many millions of people tune into Raw every week. You know, it's what's our Twitter engagement looks like? Well, how many views does this get on YouTube? You know, that's why they're working with Logan Paul, you know, who, by the way, I will give Logan Paul a lot of credit. For, you know, being a celebrity that gets it. He's not afraid to go in there and step two, Roman, and not look out of place doing it. He doesn't look out of place when he, you know, says, what if I hit that one lucky shot? You know, or am I talking to the tribal chief Roman Reigns or am I talking to the tra tribal chief Jey Uso? You know, sowing the seeds of discontent as it were. I thought that that was... And then, then he just kind of backed out of the ring and let them all fight amongst themselves, which is pretty smart. So, 
that's another part of the equation too. Logan Paul can get them all the you know can get them into the middle of November, you know, with the feud that he's got going on right now because Crown Jewel is coming up the week after Halloween, I think, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's another reason why I think to run Bray at Roman right now would be counterproductive. Because you've got all these other steps that presumably you're going to take. You know, and I'd like to think that Bray can come up with something better than just so I want the championship. You know, that would be kind of that would be kind of anticlimactic in my mind. After all this time, that's all I wanted was the championship. Just my opinion. <laughs> I agree. I mean, there's. I see where you're going with that. I still think that eventually he's going to get it just one more time, if nothing else. It may not be immediately, but you have to consider him in the heavyweight division just because you just – I can't see him going fight against anybody else right now. And, I mean, I look at Roman and I say, you know what, hey, that's great. You know, he's had one of the greatest runs of all time and was won all this other stuff. But, you know, over the whole period of time he was there, it's like the whole heavyweight division, you know, was cleared out because of because of COVID and everything else and Vince. And it's like, and he's calling himself the greatest of all time. You don't call Ali the greatest of all time because, you know, he, because everyone was still there. He fought everybody. He fought Foreman. He fought, you know, out Frazier, Norton. You know, he fought the U.S government you know and came <laughs> back um you look at that and say that's the that's the greatest champion of all time that's the goat it's, it's all great and fine and dandy but his division just didn't go on hiatus for a year or two years yeah you know, he still had to fight and he's kept proving himself right now you know roman's division was cleared out and he was so it will it will be interesting to see where we go from here with Bray. As always, folks, if you have opinions about what you think they should do with Bray, do you want to see him be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns? When do you want to see that happen? Um, is there a particular superstar that we are not mentioning that you think should be included in this conversation? Let us know. WrestlingWithEgos at gmail.com. You can tweet the show at WrestlingXEgos on Twitter. Um, Isaac, any final thoughts before we wrap it up for the week? Um, is there anything else? I, I am just excited to see where they go with certain people in the next couple months. I've been waiting to see who's next after Logan Paul, um, where everyone is going to be, um, who else are they going to bring back from they've let go that might be something we want to talk about who they let go and who would they bring back um regarding with charlotte things such as that nature yeah um i don't think you're going to see too many more people brought back because you could make the argument that they're going to get to the point where they were before with now we've re-signed all these people and we're still sitting around not getting any tv time Triple H has done a great job bringing back a lot of people. He brought back Hit Row, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae are back, uh, Karrion Cross and Scarlett are back, Bray's back. Um, Strowman. Braun Strowman's back, Charlotte's on her way back, et cetera, et cetera. But you run the risk 
of pushing people aside that, that have been able to develop in their absence. And I think if you bring too many people back, you know, then it's, you know, too many people want to eat. There's not enough seats at the table for them. Um, I'm going to give two quick shout outs on our way out the door here. First of all, Orange Cassidy is your brand new AEW All-Atlantic champion in a wonderful match against the Bastard Pack on Dynamite this past week. It's his first championship that he's won in AEW, so congratulations to you, sir. Even though if you were standing in front of me, you'd probably just go, whatever. (laughs) Um, And if you have not seen the promo from Dynamite on Wednesday that Hangman Adam Page delivered in response to John Moxley. It's on YouTube, or if you DVR'd it like I did, you can go back and you can watch it. Um, RJ made it a point to give some shout-outs to Hangman on the show chat this week, saying we could look back and say that that's the promo that made Hangman a made man. And I agree, because... and. I think he subtly answered the criticisms of CM Punk with that promo. Because we're and we're not going to dredge up all the punk stuff again because we've done that already. But I think when Punk went into business for himself based on the slights he thought that Hangman was giving him, he forgot the things that Hangman had been dealing with at the time. You know, it's not it, it can't always be about you, dude, you know. And I think if if you read the tea leaves and some of the verbiage that Hangman was using, he was talking about respect, and he was talking about fatherhood, and he was talking about, you know, that kind of stuff, and he was talking about working things out for himself. Um, you know, we've all been there. You know, we all struggle from time to time, and sometimes we don't rise to the level that other people think we should rise to, and we have to be able to, you know, Give each other some grace and realize, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you the way you thought I should be, but there's things I'm working on and there's things that, you know, I'm struggling with. And it's okay to admit that you're struggling with stuff. Um, so kudos to Hangman. You know, they call him the anxious millennial cowboy for a reason. And that one was one of the best promos I've ever seen in AEW. And there's been some good ones. Um, so once again, as the music's playing and we're on our way out of here, thank you all for listening and watching however you consume our content, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify, Google, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple, and the, and any others that I may have missed. Please make sure you're subscribing. Leave a five-star review. Click the bell for notifications. Weeks like this are why we always say this is why we love pro wrestling. Until we meet again, take care.